Hello, and welcome to Our Food is Our Future, presented by Eat Well Saskatchewan and the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition at the University of Saskatchewan. I'm your host and food explorer, Mo Matthew. Our guest this week is Marlon Leglaire. He is a proud Métis graduate student of the U of S, studying for a Master's in Nutrition. He is currently creating video content for Indigenous high school students as part of his studies. Marlon is also on the Research Management Committee and Indigenous Circle of Advisors for the Canadian Mountain Network, a national organization dedicated to Indigenous research of Canadian landscapes and ecosystems. Marlon grew up doing land-based activities in Mistaman, Saskatchewan, where he still resides and enjoys hunting, trapping, archery, fishing, and a little bit of medicine picking. He's a skilled butcher and food processor who is passionate about community food security, Indigenous health, and ecosystem conversations. Everyone, this is Marlon. Welcome, Marlon. We're going to start out today just asking you about yourself, where you're from, your background, and your current role. Right on. I'll uh, introduce myself again. My name is Marlon Gear. I'm a Métis graduate student from the University of Saskatchewan. Currently, taking a master's degree in nutrition, which should be done fairly soon, early 2024. I'm from the state of Saskatchewan and within the jurisdiction of Treaty 6 and Métis Nation Saskatchewan Eastern Region. And with your going to be degree in nutrition, what do you see yourself doing with that degree? I see myself continuing research in the fields of community food security in rural, remote, and indigenous communities within the Saskatchewan Canada and West Carolina. Nice. That that's actually one of the questions we usually ask is food security. And I know we don't feel like we have it now, but are you optimistic? Is it something we should be hopeful for? I am. I am optimistic about it. There is a lot of engagement with that. Communities are starting to see, uh, I guess not really see, they, they are seeing the value in it more and more. And the importance of it, I guess, is the better word. Uh, the urgency of it, for sure. And there's lots of community-led initiatives happening now that, like I say, is straight from the community. So, yes, yes, I am optimistic uh, that community food security is not only happening, but happening led by indigenous communities. Yeah, I appreciate that response because, yeah, there's a sense of urgency that maybe wasn't there 10 years ago. And so I think if we keep our foot on the accelerator, I think we're going to be in a better place in the future. Absolutely. Um, you being Métis, do you have any strong feelings about traditional foods? And what does traditional foods mean to you? I do, yes. I grew up traditional foods in the sense of learning to harvest game and wild meat. And uh, I, I was fortunate in that I had a family to teach me things like cutting meat and harvesting some medicines. Some of it I learned my, on my own later on. That's really what it means to me is traditional foods is foods that are from the land that a person has access to. And accessibility is a big part of that. Yeah, the amount of people that have different takes on what traditional food is, neat. And it comes from, I think, our backgrounds and our experiences as young people growing into old. But one of the things you touched on there is being able to pick medicines. 
we have kind of a theme on our show that food is medicine. And how does that work to you? Like, what is what does food is medicine mean to you? It, it really is the nutritious and like antioxidant rich foods that you can have access to immediately. I guess not immediately. That's not really the right word, but uh, access to on the land. So, for example, like your chaga berries and game that's wild rice, game that's free of hormones, that kind of thing. Because these foods are medicine definitely in the preventative sense, too, to keep you away from diabetes and that kind of thing. It's kind of the opposite of the five whites, right? And the five whites. Have you heard of five whites? No, what is that? Kind of going off the top of my head here. Five weights are, I think, milk, sugar, salt, flour. There's one more, but I can't remember. But there was a few articles published on that. And yeah, because I stay away from those five weights. Yeah, that doesn't sound like medicine. No. <laughs> so there's been a lot of information out there being able to tell people what foods are medicines or what's what's used in our bodies that can help nourish but also help prevent relieve different things and it happens a lot in specific cultures but not specific just to Canada all over the world this is kind of a thing food is medicine and so when we're talking about that and we believe and I I believe I'm not going to I'm not going to put you in my boat Marlon but uh, I believe that food is medicine um but why don't you think that more people don't jump on the bandwagon if if Food can be this great source of health. Why why don't they eat more of those traditional indigenous medicines? I think that boils down to simply just lack of access and information, honestly. Like, it's not like these kind of traditional foods and traditional medicine stuff really isn't taught in any curriculum at all. You would have to go to post-secondary education really or in mainstream culture i'm talking anyway before you really kind of even hear about it in like an academic world unless you have elders and knowledge keepers that help you with that and have that information but the unfortunate fact is a lot of people don't have that and don't have the access to that information that's too bad. Yeah, that is a barrier for sure. We have so many people out there that could use this information and can change their lifestyle, but they're either not not aware or they don't have the means. So how can we make beneficial changes to our health? What what can we do as Métis people to be better prepared for the future? Uh, good question. Um, I think... Probably, my opinion anyway, is learning some basic cooking skills and teaching youth that too. It kind of circles to the question of why people aren't doing traditional foods too. And another part of that is like with uh, ultra processed foods today, it's so much easier to open things out of a package and throw it in the oven at 350 for 15 minutes or whatever. Right. So getting those basic cooking skills and doing that from those uh, Métis perspectives too, Métis uh, life skills, I guess, like smoking, butchering even, like cutting meat, how to do that, medicine picking, chaga picking, and mixing, canning. Canning is big. Preservation. But getting that youth engaged to keep that going and to keep that alive. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, in another life, I used cooking instructor and it oh, was, huh? yeah, and I, I created the, um, the indigenous foods program at, uh, SIAST or SAS Poly it's called now. And, uh, it would be really neat 
for me to see young students come in and we would be teaching uh, Rababoo or different traditional foods or different traditional things. More more Métis traditional than lots of times um, Indigenous, but very Saskatchewan-based. And yeah. it was neat for me to see the people with no no understanding of what that was what we were making. So it means that it was a culture shift. It wasn't being done at home. And when you're talking about pulling stuff out of bags and putting it out, so much of that has stolen so much of our knowledge. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was, I say neat, but maybe in my head, what I actually mean is sad because it's uh, something we should really push and foster on our people. That's for sure. So in your research, your research projects, do they all have everything to do about health and wellness or how does that work for you? It's actually mainly on community food security. And like I mentioned the curriculum before, I'm engaging with schools in central Saskatchewan to uh, gauge what the Indigenous and non-Indigenous community food security atmosphere looks like. And also creating video content surrounding that for classrooms to introduce and or reintroduce indigenous cooking, food security, and food preservation concepts in class. That's really cool. Well, thank you. It's more of a proof of concept than anything, but uh, I'm hoping to expand on it in uh, future academic work. No, I. I think it's really uh, present already today as institutions in Saskatchewan are trying to include traditional or indigenous foods into their food service and uh, seeing, you know, institutions like uh, schools, uh, hospitals, um, different um, government agencies really trying to push on getting these traditional or indigenous foods, not only on their menus, but made in traditional ways. and done properly you've you've heard that uh done in a in a good way or a right way yep and so um i've even heard so much so that uh it's how to take the food how to receive the food like how to receive the food in in a in a good spirit and how to make the food in a good spirit and uh that's it's funny but uh one of those things that my mom taught me when i was a kid was um Put the love in the food. Love is an ingredient. You know, smile <laughs> while you're cooking. That whole thing. And so it it totally makes sense when I hear these things. So you're you're totally on the right track because other people out there are doing the same stuff right now. Ish. <laughs> <laughs> well, good to hear. Uh, do you see that as a a positive? Those institutions in Saskatchewan trying to get Indigenous foods into their spaces. yeah, for sure. Good. There's there's not too many suppliers of indigenous foods right now, nor is there uh, enough wild game to go around. But I I do too. I think that's such a such a great idea. And when we're talking about food security, food security is is good to have. But really, what's the benefits of having food security if everybody's properly fed and good food, good nutritious food, uh, either from the land or from the gardens? Um, what's the benefit of having that food security? Well, I guess to simply boil it down, you know, you're only three days away of not even, you know, you're like we lived in such a like in mainstream society 
such a well-fed, like immediate access to things, you know, but you don't remember that you're just three days of starvation away from eating your neighbor. You know what I mean? Like it's to increase comfort, security, and just overall quality of life for people in rural and remote areas. Not only that, but as they go more and more remote, even getting up to the territories, you can be paying up to $25 for a head of lettuce, you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> to be able to provide that within community is, is huge. And not only that, but the community food security of those circling back to those life skills for youth is big, too, because uh, I think youth are really losing a lot of that these days. Life skills of growing food preserving food and stuff like that and keeping that and then eventually bringing it or retaining it in their communities is huge like i was a teenager once you know like it's just like yeah okay whatever but who cares but uh bringing that back is is important yeah your your experiences of hunting and taking apart animals i i lived in a household that uh we weren't allowed to hunt or, or that wasn't part of our thing um so my hunting was uh, potatoes and carrots. Um, I, yeah, I I was a gardening kid, so my mom would drag me out uh, three times a week, and we had a really big plot, a really big garden, and we that's how we kind of worked. And we were still working within the confines of you know the IGA or the Safeway or whatever, but we had um, an understanding that we have to grow enough carrots for the whole year from one season to the next and we understood that if we didn't have potatoes um we're not going to go and buy any and so do we have enough potatoes and i always thought well why why do we do that when you know safeway's got a whole bunch and they're usually (laughs) on sale you know um i didn't i didn't understand it nor did i cherish it like i do today um but those are those life skills that that are coming in very handy as a, a an older person now living in Saskatchewan. I think now I got to start hunting. <laughs> Do you believe improving foodways could impact health states of the communities? So if we had better access to all the different foods that we used to have in a traditional uh, food supply, I guess. Do you believe our health would change, like our diabetes, our our obesity, our multiple multiple different, I guess, health problems? Comorbidities? Um, yes, I do. Again, um, our, again, it's uh, going back to those five weights, right? Which uh, are milk, salt, flour, lard, and sugar. Lard. Lard no. was the other one, yeah. I can send you a article on five whites if you'd like. It's uh That'd be great. You know, just, and I mean it's it's tough it's in our modern life it's kind of hard to avoid like all of those completely. But um hey, traditionally speaking those weren't uh, big factors at all in uh, traditional diets. So that's kind of why they're wreaking havoc so much. But that return to uh, 
traditional meat and plant-based diets, I think, would uh, see a significant uh, impact on like, diabetes and other uh, lifestyle-related comorbidities. I, I would have thought, like, hearing the five whites, that makes sense for the people that came from the land. But maybe that doesn't make sense for the Métis because um, lots of those Métis people, they, they're the ones that um, brought the lard and the salt and the flour. Um, Jam is uh, is considered a Métis uh, traditional food. Yeah, you know? and that's like full of sugar. Yeah, it's pretty much all sugar, right? Like, uh, yeah, that's that's really something to think about because is there a break? Um, from, uh, well, traditional um, First Nations to um, Métis people in 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 that what they ate. Because I bet you first-generation Métis, they would have grown up with Fanuc. They would have grown up with jam. And they would have, they would have had lots of those uh, colonial foods already. And that would have been part of their, their reality, their day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just missed the boat by a little bit there. Maybe. (laughs) So there's always a question I ask last, and it's, do you have any advice for any youth listening for health and wellness? Um, Because, uh, and I ask it kind of in a broad way, because you're getting your master's and you're doing um, still research and you're still part of the U of S. So is there a way forward for youth to get involved in things like this? Search it out. And um, I think probably the easiest way for youth to is being involved with their their schools is the easiest way. Like, for example, and it depends on where you are, but uh, like, for example, ELL Cross, which is the second oldest Métis, Settling in Saskatchewan has uh, a very, very involved school board um, that teaches midshift in their curriculum, foods in their curriculum, traditional ways of life in their curriculum. Wow. Um, yeah, they're they're very impressive. Um, but um, like for youth, there's like I work for well, not work, but uh, I'm engaged in so many committees and stuff that are just chomping at the bit for gotta get youth, 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 youth. Like the the need is out there. Um and I think it's just a matter of kind of the just getting themselves out there, you know. Uh getting themselves out there and saying, Hey, like I wanna do this, I wanna be involved, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's really good advice. Some it's sometimes hard, like when we're talking about um, the information on food. It's it's hard to find the information that we're looking for because sometimes we don't even know what we're looking for. So for sure, yeah, I'm I'm glad for Google and elders. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Marlon, for your time today. Um, thank I you. I really appreciate your insights on uh, food security. Um, 
it kind of scared me when you said we're three days away from meeting your neighbor, but uh, I, I do appreciate it living um, where we live and not having um, cellars full of food anymore. So I appreciate your uh, your time and your information. Yes, thank you so much. It's fun. Uh, how do you know uh, Carrie, but Fairshagen? Uh, Better? How do you pronounce her last name? Yeah, she's my boss. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, this, this, uh, podcast was done through Eat Well Saskatchewan. Right. And so she's, she's the person from Eat Well Saskatchewan. And, uh, when they posted it, I was, uh, this is right in my wheelhouse. Cause I was, I was a chef and mm-hmm. I'm a permaculturalist and I'm a huge gardener. I own, uh, right now I own, um, about an acre farms. So we grow and, um, hold food <laughs> so that's that's what i do and this seemed to be right right smack dab in my interest so um when the job posting came up i jumped at the chance oh that's is she, awesome is she one of your instructors or was one of your instructors or how did that work no um she's in the college of nutrition obviously and i'm in a group called um it's not the indigenous circle advisors, but it's something similar to that. Um, and she was on there for a time. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I'm uh, so close to uh, Indigenous uh, Initiatives Committee. She was on okay, there too. Okay, that's what Eat Well Saskatchewan is part of. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, yeah. And that's why we kind of speak traditional foods and food is medicine. That's that's part of that. Yeah, I've. I just had a run at uh, the SHA. I was one of their uh, directors of nutrition there. Okay. And that lasted uh, three years. But I'm really interested uh, in the possibility of, of applying to the College of uh, Pharmacy and Nutrition. Because I think it's a very interesting thing. But um, I haven't taken the plunge yet. <laughs> but I probably should. It sounds interesting. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Marlon. It was uh, it, it was good chatting with you. You too, Mo. And had a good time. Cheers. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Eat Well Saskatchewan for their continuing support of our podcast, Our Food is Our Future. Eat Well Saskatchewan is a free provincial service offered by the College of Pharmacy and Nutrition at the University of Saskatchewan and funded in part by Indigenous Services Canada. Eat Well Saskatchewan is here to help bridge the gap for nutrition services to rural, remote, and isolated communities that lack easy access to dietitians. And a huge thank you goes out to the Community Initiatives Fund for our funding and their vision. Without their support, we couldn't tell the stories of our people, our communities, our food, and our future. A heartfelt thank you, and Marseille.